Welcome to a Millennial's Guide to Real Estate Investing. Here is your host, Antoine Martel. Hey everybody, welcome back to a Millennial's Guide to Real Estate Investing. Today I have Salvatore Frischia on the podcast. Um, thanks for coming on the show today. He has two property management companies. He's done it all in real estate. So give everybody a little introduction about you and uh, about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Antoine, for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Salvatore Frischia. I'm the owner of two residential property management companies in sunny San Diego. Um, we manage over $70 million in shared-owned assets. So we've been at this for a while. And uh, as you alluded to, I have done everything in terms of real estate, uh, except for maybe do uh, you know the legal portion of it. But we've done everything from fix and flip on single families all the way up to multifamily properties. Uh, we hold and manage those. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a fun market right now in San Diego. So we've, we've had a lot of fun doing that over the course of 15 years. Awesome. And then how did you get started 15 years ago? What were you doing? Was, did you start with property management and managing a couple of doors and it slowly grew from there? Or how'd you, how did you get started? Sure. You know, that's a whole nother podcast. But honestly, <laughs> um, I started out like a lot of like a lot of people. I started out as just a real estate agent. And then progressed up to a broker, owned brokerages, and then realized that that really didn't suit me. And I was more of the numbers guy, more analytical, wanted to be involved more in the real estate investing side of it. So progressed into uh, property management, started uh, built a company back in 04, sold that to a couple of Keller Williams agents, built another company, which we keep, uh, which we've held on since for our family company, and just progressed through property management in that direction. Got it. And then what kind of properties did you start with managing single family homes? And you still do that? Or are you guys doing do. multifamily as well? Yeah, we do. So we specialize in managing single family homes, condos, townhouses, and then apartment complexes here in San Diego, up to about 16 units. We don't really mess around with the HOA stuff. Um, but we, we that's our niche is the single family homes, the condos and the smaller apartment complexes. Got it. Okay, cool. And then on the investing side, did you kind of get in, when did you get into the investing side of things? Because that's more of a, you know, you built a couple of companies around the property management side, but did you get into investing later on or when, when did that happen? Yeah, so I mean, the, the property management and the investing side kind of go hand in hand. Um, we, we've benefited from majority of our investments because of the relationship we've had with rental property owners who no longer wanted their asset yeah. Or wanted to offer their asset at you know a, a price that was something we couldn't pass up. So they coincided. Um, we started off with single-family homes here in, in San Diego, and then you know through the course of time, as the market ebbs and flows, we were able to pick up different assets that made sense for that portion of the cycle. Yeah. And then you know we're, we're not only on one side. If, if a single-family home represents itself as something that can make sense in today's market, we would be interested. Same thing with with the multifamily property. Got it. Okay, cool. And then, have you ever ventured into out of state investing, or have you stuck to everything local, San Diego? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, we did a lot of fix and flips um, in the Phoenix um, area not too long ago when their market was just starting to get going. We sold off a lot of those properties. Wish we hadn't. That market's really hot right now. Um, I just mentioned to you uh, off camera uh, prior to us going live. I just came back from Las Vegas and we're interested in their market. We see value there. So, you know, we will probably dip into that market at some point. 
but um, we're not only exclusive to San Diego on our personal side. On our managing side, yes, we only manage assets right now in the San Diego market. But for our personal portfolio, we have gone out of state when it makes sense to do so. Got it. And then how <laughs> how did you come up with, you know, how did you realize that Phoenix was a good place to invest and a good place to flip houses and a good time to flip houses when you guys were doing that? Sure. Well, I grew up in the Phoenix, Scottsdale oh, okay. area. So as most people, you know, <laughs> yeah, it helps, right? So I, I knew that market and I knew the areas that made sense. Yeah. Um, the only problem I had was I didn't go in heavier. Uh, that's the only thing that I regret on there. We did, we went in, we bought a lot of properties at that time. They were in foreclosure. We bought them from the banks yeah. at just ridiculous valuations. You know, we were paying, um, you know, our, our market's a lot different than yours. So we were paying like 20 grand for duplexes yeah. oh, and wow. you know, stuff like that. So we were able to get a lot of properties, fix and flip them. And unfortunately, we sold off the majority of those properties instead of holding on to them. And I uh, wish we had, but we had knowledge of that market. And that's how we, we came about, you know, going in and investing in the Phoenix area. Okay. And then Las <laughs> Vegas, when did you start investing in Vegas? I've heard a lot about Vegas over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. It has taken off. I mean, they got a new football team that's coming as well. So what, right. what, what interests you about Vegas and what have you guys been doing over there now? Sure. So the interesting thing to me about Vegas is just the, the cost per unit. If you look at the cost per unit, um, they're right at, we were looking at properties that are right between 70 and 80,000 a unit yeah. and coming from California, you know, we're, we're blessed and we're cursed out here in California. And I know that you have some roots in California, I believe, but um, you know, everything we see is cheap when we go outside of California, but you got to really dial it down and look at the properties and see what, the, what they actually throw off. Um, here in San Diego, the 1% rule doesn't work. Yeah. So when we go to these other markets and we look at, you know, how they're going to cash flow, there's some upside in terms of the cost per unit. And those at 70 or 75%, we see those properties getting to 100000 a unit on a two-bedroom, one-bath. So there yeah. is some, you know, value add. There is some upside to some of those properties. But the Vegas market is really interesting. There's a lot of, um, you know, smaller inventory that really needs a lot of deferred maintenance. Yeah. And those the owners in Vegas know that that California money is on the horizon. Yeah. So it's not like they're looking to blow and blow those properties out. They yeah. understand what they have. And, you know, they're looking for that greater fool than I theory to come in and, and, and pay a lot more for those properties. And are you doing fix and flips over there? Or you've been doing rental properties, um, not rental properties. Our, our goal is fix and flip and then uh, cherry pick for some longer term holds on some of the larger stuff. Got it. And then have you have you dabbled? Have you bought in any multifamily buildings, whether it be in San Diego or, or out of state thus far? In San Diego, we have uh, multifamily properties. Yes, we Got have it. properties in Pacific Beach, as well as properties in the um, as well as properties in the Point Loma area. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with San Diego. Yeah, yeah, I am a little okay. bit, a tiny bit. Cool. So did you guys? What do you prefer? I mean, you have property management set up in San Diego, so it kind of benefits you to you know, you already have the team on the ground to help manage those properties in San Diego. But what is what have you seen as, you know, the differences between investing in California and having multifamily here to investing out of state and, you know, which comes with its own challenges because it is so far away and you have to rely yeah. on somebody else's team and stuff like that. But what have you seen as, you know, the benefit, the pros and cons, I guess, of investing locally versus investing a state out of state? Because I get it all the time, but I don't have any reference point because I've never invested in California. I just looked at it on paper and said, hell no, I'm not taking a 6% return. You know, I want a 16%. Yeah, no. 
Right. No, and I understand. But, you know, there's bigger numbers. And when you're taking 6% of bigger numbers, you know, yeah. you got to look at the mathematics of it. Um, from our perspective, you know, it makes sense in our backyard because we have, you know, all the systems and, and everything ready to go. Yeah. So it's easy peasy. It's just a matter of fighting everybody else off for the for the deals. Yeah. So as I alluded to earlier, you know, some of the best deals that we've come across were deals that were within our own portfolio. They yeah. were individuals that we were able to approach and say, listen, we can make this transaction really easy for you. Yeah. Cut out all the real estate agent crap, all that type of stuff, put a nice bow on this and allow you to continue to cash flow all the way up until we transition that property over to our ownership. And that's really worked well for us as a strategy. Yeah. We've been able to you know, acquire some properties that way. Out of state's a little bit different. You are relying on obviously your own homework, and then, you know, as a property manager, I have the network of other property managers in certain areas. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to pick up a phone and give an address and say, you know, give me a lowdown on this, you know, break down what, you know, these type of questions and get a, an answer from somebody who respects me as somebody in their network and wants to, you know, provide the best value they can. So we can get insight that way, as well as have boots on the ground in those areas to rely on yeah. um, their systems as well and their networking. Yeah. And so when you're vetting that property management company out of state, I was at a networking of, or in a panel last night and they were talking about this, like building a team out of state, the property management side. So I guess I'll have you talk a little bit about that. Like what is somebody, what should somebody look for when f ask or how should somebody go about finding a property management company? What kind of sure. questions should they ask them and what are the you know, how can you tell that a property management's going to do a good job or do a good, a bad job just over the phone or, you know, having lunch with those people? Absolutely. And I love that. And this is the reason why we're together here today. When I saw your Instagram post on April 3rd, you posted a great uh, post that I believe, let me see here. Let me get it right. <laughs> um, questions to ask property management companies. Yep. You know, as, as somebody who's social media, property management, social media pioneer and really in tune with a lot of this stuff. When I saw that, I was excited because you don't see a lot of real estate investors acknowledge that a strong property manager is an integral part of their team. Yep. So when I saw you posted that, I reached out immediately and said, hey, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper. You were open to it, and here we are. And you're right. You know, There are some questions that you want to ask that go above and beyond just the norm. Now, I applaud you for posting that because there's a lot of value there. But we actually put together a blog post about a year ago. And the name of the title of the blog post was the five worst questions to ask a property manager. <laughs> and, you know, we played a little bit on the words there and we got a lot of, um, you know, we, we got a lot of engagement on that blog post because a lot of investors want to know the same thing you're asking. What yeah. type of questions should we ask? Yeah. So we derived the five worst questions to ask a property manager from the questions that we're asked on a regular basis, yeah. you know, and the number one question that most people do when they call, and sometimes it's even before we say, you know, thank you for calling San Diego Premier Property Management, they're blurting out, how much do you charge? Yeah. They want to know, how, how much do you charge for management fee? Yeah. And honestly, I know it's natural to ask that because cost is a major factor in anything we do. But the, the, the true question, the more valuable question would be to ask, what type of value do you provide for your services? Yeah. You know, forget the cost for a moment because you may not be, comparing apples to apples yep and for example you may be getting somebody who here in san diego the industry standard for property management is anywhere between uh probably six and ten percent most people falling in that eight percent realm for residential property management so if you're comparing somebody and you want to know if they're at six or eight percent you may not 
you may not be getting full property management as opposed to just an a la carte service. Yeah. So as I mentioned, a better question would be, ask them what type of value they're providing for their management fee, get them to give you a rundown of the services that they provide, and then you compare that to what other property management companies are offering, and you know if you're getting you know, an apples to apple comparison. And if you look at that even a little bit further, if you say the difference between the average property here in San Diego rents for about two grand, so 2,000 a month yeah. is the average two bedroom, one bath. Yeah. If you're think, looking at 6% of that compared to 8%, the difference is about $40 a month or $480 a year. Well, our average asset price is half a million dollars. So if you look at that for $480 a year, you may be getting a three-star company as opposed to a five-star company. Yeah. You really need to look at the value side of that as opposed to the cost side of it. Yep. So that's definitely something I would advise investors is to not always, you know, dial in on that on that cost yeah. because for a small amount of money per month, you really could be shorting yourself on the value side. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, you know, and I say the same kind of thing in terms of the rental properties because I have a turnkey company, right? So I tell people, don't look at the bottom line return or don't look at the price tag. Look at what was done to the property. So look at, you know, yeah, what's what's behind the scenes behind the curtain that's going to make your property a success or your property manager a success. So if it has a new roof, new HVAC, new hot water tank, and it's fully renovated, I'm willing to take a 12% return instead of a 17% return because I'm never going to have to touch anything. Right. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. And then, so, uh, so I've got four, I got four more of these that we can, yeah, yeah. We're open to that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Try and provide as much value for your audience because I know that you've got, you've got a big audience they're dialed in. And I mentioned on my Instagram stories earlier that, you know, it's refreshing to see somebody who's actually doing it, yeah. providing the value as opposed to a lot of people <laughs> out there who talk about it, but they're not actually doing it. So mm-hmm. I've watched you progress along the way and it's, it's awesome. really cool to see. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, the next question that we get asked a lot is, and it's a big one, and I'm sure you touched on it on your, on your post, how many properties do you manage? Yeah. And once again, it's a totally legit question. You know, how many properties do you manage? with the expectation that property management company who has a lot of properties under management is perceived as a good management company. And the truth is, Antoine, is that that's just not not realistic. I mean, from my experience, I've seen companies that manage 50 properties yep. suck, and I've seen companies that manage 5,000 properties that suck. So it's not a matter of how many properties you manage yep. that's gonna make a difference. And that question, although it's a normal process to ask that question, is probably not gonna give you the most introspect into what's going on with the management company. A better question may be to ask, you know, how many properties in that immediate area, yeah. uh, location, neighborhood, or region do you have under management so that you can get a better feel for their um, understanding of your property and, and the surroundings. That's Got probably it. a better question to go at because, you know, the amount of properties that a company manages is really not that relevant. Okay, cool. Yeah. What are some of the other things that you had on yeah, that list? No, <laughs> a good one we get is how long you've been in business. So that's something that a lot of investors like to know. You know, how long have you been in business? Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be uh, a badge of honor to say we've been in business 30 years or 40 years. You get a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. property managers are at the end game. Yeah. So what I mean by that is they've progressed from real estate agent to broker, and then they become a property manager a little bit later on in their career just to have some residual income come in. So, you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, we've been doing this for 30 years or 40 years. You know, that may not be the best. That may not be the best thing for you. You yeah. know, in the last five years, we have really changed the industry in terms of 
how automation, technology, social media have, have really you know, come into property management and changed the way property managers are handling assets. Yeah. So somebody who's maybe been in business for 30, 40 years may not have a good grasp of these uh, you know, technology features that could help you and your property and may not be the best fit for it. So you wanna weigh that. Companies that have been around for maybe four or five years might have the upper hand nowadays on yeah. what's necessary and what they can offer you in terms of their flow and their you know their workflow and their systems that they can offer you yeah. to help out property and communication. Yeah, yeah. And for one one thing that I always look for with a property management company was I I always ask them those basic questions, but then. Yeah. It's like I'm not looking for the guy who manages three thousand doors and charges the cheapest rate either. I'm looking for right. a company that I can grow with. So my goal was always a company that was you know less than a thousand doors or preferably less than five hundred doors. Who was less? Than, would you say less than a thousand doors or, yeah, or less than five hundred doors? Let's say okay, less than five hundred doors. And somebody that was somebody that was growing and had a growth strategy and a growth plan that I could be a part of their growth in their company. Because like that. then they were, you know, we were almost like partners because I was like, yo, I'm going to keep buying these properties. You just have to manage the construction or give me the best tenants so that I can keep working with you right. and we can grow together. So that's kind of what I've always looked for. And, you know, you always want to ask the basic questions and stuff like that. But something else, too, I'm not sure if you what you think about this, but I always would meet with a property management company and, you know, have lunch or something with with every single one of them and it was whoever i also had a who i vibed with the most or had the best kind of relationship with and we can talk all day long kind of thing um so it was kind of who who i was could work with the easiest was also somebody that i chose the most so most of the time it was somebody who was close to my age range and had the same drive and hunger and wanted to again grow and take it to the right. next level as well no, I think that that's, that's perfectly normal. And, and you want to be comfortable with whoever you have yeah. on your team. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, the property manager is a part of the team. So you wouldn't have somebody doing, you know, your construction or a painter or somebody that you had friction with. You would want the same thing with a property manager. You want to definitely have somebody yeah. who you can relate to and understands, you know, your goals yeah. and what you're trying to aspire to do. So absolutely. And there's a lot of times where on the flip side, as a property manager, it's strange that when I tell people this is we turn down more people than we probably take on. And oh, maybe wow. that's because where I am in my career as, you know, owning these companies. Yeah. But we don't there's there's something called the cycle of suck. And we don't want to get a property that's that that's in a sucky area, has sucky tenants, <laughs> and a sucky owner. Yeah. Because then that makes our job a lot harder. So yeah. there's a lot of times when I'm on the phone or my team's dealing with somebody we have red flags in place that I teach them that they look for. So yeah. if, you know, if those red flags are being hit, you know, during that conversation, that's probably not a property we want to bring on. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to babysit the owner as well as babysit the property and yeah. babysit the tenants. So there's a lot of that that goes back and forth on both sides. We're evaluating the owner as much as the owner's evaluating us. We want yeah. people who, you know, also want to take care of their properties, also want to grow their portfolio, all that type of stuff as well. So I can totally relate to, you know, what your position is, is having somebody who's, you know, part of your team and you can relate to and understand your goals and aspirations. Yep, absolutely. And then what, yeah. so what would you say is a, the best way or one of the best ways to find a good property management company to work with, um, especially on the out of state side? Because you're not, yeah, absolutely. You're not local. You gotta look at reviews. I mean, okay. a lot of people, you gotta look at reviews. You gotta go online. 
One of the questions I would recommend an investor or somebody who owns a portfolio to ask a property manager is what's your online rating? If they don't know immediately what their online rating is, they're not paying attention. I mean, that's just the truth. That's the holy grail for us. Yeah. So whenever I'm looking at that every single day, I want to make sure that whoever's reviewing our companies, that we're not getting anything, you know, bad because yeah. I know the effects that it can have on my business. So it's important for me to put the measures in place as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, to make sure that we're providing the right service that brings in those five-star reviews. Yeah. So if you ask the property manager, what's your online rating? And they stumble, they don't have a clue. Yeah. That's a red flag. Yeah. That's somebody who's not aware that Google, Yelp, and Facebook <laughs> have power over people in their decision-making factor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know when I go yeah. to do something, yeah, like I mentioned, I know when I go to do something, I look at the ratings of hotels, resorts, all that yeah. stuff, and I want to know. And if I see that there's a heavy flow of threes or 3.5s, I'm probably going to pass. Yeah. And in our industry, that is big. So I would definitely look at your online rating and look at those Google, Yelp, and uh, Facebook ratings. Okay, good. And then when, yeah. let's say I find a couple good companies that have some good ratings, then what questions should, should I get on the phone and just cold call them and tell them about me and what I'm trying to do? Um, and what questions should I ask those people? What's the, what's the next step if I find a couple good companies in my market? Yeah, so that's a great approach. That's one way to do it. And like we mentioned earlier, you know, find out the value that they provide for their services. Um, find out if they're managing properties in your immediate location. Yeah. Um, you want to find out their online rating. Also ask them for their, for their top three social media handles. You know, property management company, where are they on? You know, hopefully the gold star response on something like that would be that they have an Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube page. Yeah. Um, that comes into play not because they're trying to be vain, but because that shows that they have an upper leg in terms of their marketing. Yeah. So we're using all of those platforms and we're banging those platforms hard for our marketing. And unlike a lot of other property management companies, we're getting results from that. We're exposing really? ourselves in the, in the marketplace and your properties are being exposed as well. So that's important if they have understanding of how to use those social media channels to expose your property and get the yeah. best tenants from that. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My, I feel like most property management companies in the Midwest are not going to have all of that technology and all that kind of stuff. Is, but like one thing that we do, we it's kind of like that differentiator, differentiating factor between one property manager to another, right? So. For me, the property management companies that I chose, they're the only property management company who will go and take professional photos of a $700 single family home rental property. So okay. tenants will call us right off Zillow and just you know, submit the deposit and sign the lease right over the phone because the photos are amazing. And you know, all the other listings in Zillow or on Rentometer, whatever you want to. Sure, sure. They're all, they're all crappy photos taken outside of somebody's car and you can see the outline of the car window. And that's what their property management company photos look like, right? So we're kind of, we're able to get the highest rent in that area. And the rentometer number is way below what we're actually able to get because we have a good property management company who's, you know, manages, like you said, very localized property management. So they're very picky about the zip codes or areas that they do manage sure. because there's areas that they know much better than other areas and other areas that they just don't even want to touch or manage or deal with. And they right. know how to get the highest rent in those areas because they take the extra step and do the, you know, do the professional photos, clean up the house before listing, showing it and stuff like that. 
Sure, and all that just reminds me of, of what we're talking about is that they understand the importance of marketing. Yeah. Whenever you're yeah, marketing yeah, yeah. anything, you exactly. want it to look its best. Yeah. So you're right. So in the sense of going out there and paying, you know, fifty dollars or whatever for a professional photographer to go out there and take, you know, eight to ten pictures of that property now puts you above your competition. And like you mentioned, you're having people submit applications based on those awesome pictures yeah. that are being put out there. So that's just another form of marketing, whether it's through social, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. You know, in the Midwest, they may not be um, as you know forward-thinking in terms of social, yeah. but there may, but but that management company you just described is doing something along the same lines by setting your property apart from the others with those professional pictures. And that's the kind of stuff that definitely you'd want to look for. Absolutely. People who go the extra step understanding that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think yeah. like. Yeah, for the Midwest, it's different than California, where kind of in California, if you want to be different, yeah, you need to have an Instagram, YouTube, because nobody else is doing it. Yeah. But out there, the the bar is, is pretty low on quality property management and, you know, taking... Oh, that hurts to hear. That really hurts to hear. Because <laughs> as somebody who advocates for the property management industry, yeah. you know, one of the things is is to try and help teach a lot of property managers how to use those social media platforms. Yeah. So... You know, I've had an opportunity to speak across the country uh, last year with NARPOM, the National Association of Residential Property Managers, yeah. on trying to get those property managers up to speed so that they can provide people like you who have good portfolios yeah. and want that. They can provide those type of services because, you know, in my opinion, those type of people are going to be cut out as the disruptors come down the road, you know, as the Facebook and the Amazon yeah. and the Zillow get into property management the mom and pop property managers in the Midwest face the possibility of no longer being around yep. because they're going to get their lunch eaten by these big disruptors. So, you know, it, it hurts to hear that, that in the Midwest, that that's not, that's not actually happening. I wish that more managers, more property managers would, would move towards the social aspect of it because they yeah. would help be helpful for them. Yeah. And I mean, that, I mean, they could sell, you know, do listings through, through, you know, YouTube and Instagram, and they could rent out properties just from, but they just don't see the value in it. And it's also like, if you're going to be all over social, then your clients have to also be all over social, right? So right. in our neighborhoods, most of them are, you know, blue collar workers or people who are in their 40s, 50s and 60s and blue collar, and maybe they mm -hmm. don't have a smartphone. So it is, it is kind of a different world where, you know, maybe, I don't know, I guess you would have to test it out and see if, if you could get I think you might be surprised. I really do. I think you might be surprised. I think that, you know, we ran into a situation about a year ago where yeah. we did a test. We had a property in a 55 plus community and my team thought I was crazy to run a Facebook ad on this property. And we did. And within like six hours, we received like 22 <laughs> applications. I'm not joking you. And it blew me away. And as somebody who understands, you know, how to use social media to, to not only build my business and my brand, but to actually get potential tenants, I was shocked at the amount of people in that um, demographic, yeah. in that age range, that actually was on Facebook and replied and knew how to go through all the steps yeah. and utilize that platform to put forward their application. So I think you might be surprised. I know. But I, I know. hear what you're saying. I do hear what you're saying. I'm constantly, dude. I'm constantly surprised. I mean, I put a link on my a button on my website to buy one of my rental properties with one click, and I was like, nobody's ever gonna click this button, but I'm gonna try it out. Like three weeks later, two two people clicked on the button and submitted offers and signed contracts. I never even that's spoke awesome. to them. So that's why I'm saying, like. You got to constantly be testing and, you know, t 
testing a bunch of different platforms, testing a bunch of different content types. And yeah, you're right. It may work and you may get a, you know, the type of tenant who's now is on their smartphone or on the computer and has, you know, internet access. And then those people are moving into your property and they may not have blue collar jobs anymore. They, you know, maybe you may be only targeting the blue collar people because you don't have that technology aspect with your marketing or your property management company as well. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if you're in a position to have it or not have it, I think it only makes sense to have it, you know, in, in combination. Yeah. So if you were looking at a property management company that offered that in addition to the normal services you're used to providing, you're used to getting, uh, it would just be a bonus in my yeah. opinion. And it would be a way for a property manager in the Midwest to set themselves apart. Yeah. I would definitely use it as marketing because I think that you would get, you know, younger people who are now getting involved in real estate investing to see that aspect of it as a bonus. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And for, yeah. again, like many of the property management companies, just the small things and you, you can go on Zillow and look at all the rental listings and you're, I'm still blown away. Like how are they even renting out these? There's not even a photo. It's just yeah. call us to book an appointment. It's like, even if you just bought the new iPhone or even an older iPhone and just went and took some photos, it'd be better than having nothing up there. Um, I don't care Absolutely. about putting your watermark or anything. Just make the cl place clean and nice and then go and walk through and take 20 photos and up. You could do every everything through your phone. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It is scary that, you know, there's so many mom and pop property management companies that just are not doing that. And it's again, it's the little things where the mom and pop actually has the advantage because they have a smaller portfolio they can handle it they can do little cool gifts or you know give their tenants um on their birthdays gift cards and stuff like that whereas the huge property management companies it becomes a little bit more difficult because now you got to spend <laughs> a lot more money for all your tenants to to do those little things that are gonna you know differentiate you from the competition you know that's interesting that you say that and, and i'm going to give you a little pushback in, in a good way on this okay um one of the questions we get asked a lot is how many employees do you have with the expectation that a full staff of many employees uh, implies that you are, you know, a thriving company and you're, and you're robust and you're going to be able to handle the property appropriately with, with a lot of different, um, you know, a, a lot of different sections of your company being able to handle. And the truth is, is in the last probably three to five years, the companies that are working through attrition and that have minimized their staff, actually are doing a lot better. And the wow. reason for that is just through automation and system and workflows. Yeah. So what you will notice is that some of these companies that have a corporate structure are probably not as nimble as some of the companies that are using really good software-based, um, you know, property management software and utilizing systems and, and workflows to be able to handle properties a lot better. So that that's interesting that, huh. you know, you look at that, the, the transition, the larger companies are now able to cut down on cost of overhead for, you know, a lot of property managers yeah. and in-house this or that by using technology. And they do have the funds to offer to more yeah. options to tenants and options to rental property owners. Yeah. Interesting. So I think that that's turning a, a lot in the last due three to, to five yeah, years. Due to the technology. Yeah. yeah. Cause there is, I mean, what, what system do you guys use for the property management side? Sure. So we use a system called Buildium. Buildium okay, is yeah. probably the number one property management software company in the world. And we use them to really fine tune our systems. Yeah. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, a strong property manager should be able to manage between 100 and 150 properties. Yeah. A strong property manager utilizing today's technology. Now, that may not be the case for somebody in the Midwest who's, 
you know, antiquated systems or maybe not using software or yeah. not using their iPhone, that type of stuff, that may be a heavy workload for them. And that might have a burden on the results you get for the type of tenants or the way that property, that asset is being handled. Agree. So, you know, once again, that technology comes into play and really can streamline how a business runs its operation yeah. to the benefit of the investor. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. How many doors do you guys manage in San Diego? So we base it down by our portfolio. So we're at 70 million right now and growing in terms of our portfolio. That breaks down to right around, give or take, we sell about 14 properties a year. We're right around the 200 to 225 property um, point, depending on you know which assets we sell. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Have you guys ever used Appfolio? Absolutely. Well, we haven't used them, but I'm well aware of them. Um, actually, the Appfolio rep will be out here in San Diego. We're going to do all lunch right. next week. So, I mean, I know all the software yeah. um, companies that are the top of their game and the stuff that they're rolling out, the features that they're bringing out, they're yeah, constantly yeah. innovating is really good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a cool thing. So most of my property managers are using Appfolio. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was with him a couple of days ago for dinner and he was like, yeah, and it's great because they keep sending updates and then all I have to do is click update on my system. Yes. It automatically updates and now, oh, I have this new cool feature that I can share with my you know owners or it helps take this whole burden off. So yeah, they're constantly updating and innovating and stuff like that as well. Um, Absolutely. To help make property management more seamless where you don't need a huge staff of people um, and somebody from their iPhone can handle all the maintenance requests in one day. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it must be insane managing that many doors. I mean, he has, I think he, he they managed, this property management company manages 300 doors. And he was like, if you go into my app folio, it looks like May Day in there because there's all these yeah. maintenance and ticket requests that, you know, one person has to go through. And it's, you know, they're getting 60 of them a week that they need to go and do all these repairs and, you know, little tiny things. But still, you have to dispatch somebody, collect the invoice, do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's def- there's definitely a flow to it. You're absolutely right. When you start getting into volume, um, you know that comes in hot and heavy, and you got to have systems in place to be able to handle it. Otherwise, you know, like the mom and pops, you always hear of the the term burnout. Yeah. A lot of those property managers get burnt out, and then what they do is they stop, you know, um, corresponding with their owners. And you can see the progression of when people start getting burnt out, the their their service declines rapidly. Yeah. And I hear this from a lot of people that we get a lot of you know properties from. They just say, you know, my manager just stopped communicating with us or we couldn't find them or, you know, we didn't know what was going on with our property. So having the systems in place, having the ability to use technology and these and these software companies that are always innovating is really helpful for today's property manager. And I go one step further. I say it's it's you absolutely need to have that in your business otherwise you will no longer continue to be relevant agree and i I say that cautiously to a lot of those mom and pop companies out there agree yeah i agree yeah Yeah, and even for us i mean we the beginning of the year we just upgraded our crm and now our crm for a hundred bucks a month extra the hundred emails i was sending a day are now all automated now i just click a button and yeah, I mean, best money spent. It's absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's incredible. And yeah, you have to spend the time learning and getting on the phone call with Zoho and having them walk you through the CRM and all that stuff. But yeah. it's money worth. Like I wish I did it earlier before I needed it, so that so it's yeah. Yeah, so you can spend more time actually finding assets exactly. instead of returning emails. Exactly, exactly. And exactly. now I can click. Now I can click one button, 
and move a property from under contract to you know under construction and then it sends off 15 emails to different people and you know to get the insurance to let property management know we closed the property right so all those right. emails last year i was <laughs> sending manually <laughs> and now it's for 100 bucks a month you know i have a clone of myself so it's yeah, yeah it's the incredible automation is awesome yeah. automation is awesome yeah, yeah. but yeah. i bet the, i bet it's the same thing for those you know those property management tools as well cuz there's still a lot of automation that can be done so you know when a new ticket comes in automatically send to whoever it is right so right yeah it also allows us as a management company to deal with the things that are really important. So, yeah, for example, exactly. like we have a water-related issue. To me, that's a major issue, and that's something I usually get involved with because I can understand the damage water causes. So whenever we have a water-related issue on one of our properties, it allows me and my team the time to actually physically go and do the visit of the property yeah. and you know not be rushed or worried about having to head back to the office because we have – this ridiculous workload that's going on. It really allows you to focus on the aspects of the business that are important yeah. to investors like yourself. You yeah. want to make sure that your property is being handled appropriately when there's something that's serious going on, as opposed to, you know, just a minor maintenance thing that's, you know, a 60 or $70 repair. So that's where it really comes in to benefit us as a company as well as allowing us to provide that value to the client that they're expecting. And in return, we get those good reviews yeah. and that whole cycle circles itself and allows us to perpetuate ourselves yeah. to the higher levels of, you know, Google and whatnot so that we can get more business. Exactly. Yeah. And referrals yeah. are the best, the best business grower ever. So Absolutely. if you do good upon people, they're going to refer other people who are, yeah, going to help you yeah, grow I your mean, business too. Yeah. That's it right there in a nutshell is you still, you still got to be good at your business and mm -hmm. you still got to be people minded and be able to do that. So the automation is important, yeah. but the automation is not going to make a poor system better. It's going to make a poor system more magnified. Yeah. You need to use the automation to make, you know, yourself more available and, and, exactly. and more, um, you know, personable to your, to your clientele. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show um, and talking about property management. Um, cool. First property manager on the show. Congratulations. Hey, there we go. I like being the first. <laughs> Good deal. Um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have more questions um, to ask you about property management or about other things? Absolutely. So the best way is just hit me up on Instagram. It's my full name. I'll probably, if you could put that somewhere and maybe some of the notes because it's Salvatore underscore Frischia. And that's a lot to spell. Um, and you can just find us, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, all the social platforms. And my company is SDP Management. So on Instagram, at SDP Management. And the other one is at Tenant Finder. So those are both my companies. And you'll find, you know, great information on property management as awesome. well as got a lot of downloads and stuff like that. And any questions that your audience has that they want to have answered, let me know. And I'll try and do the best I can to answer them for you. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it, everyone. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.